1: You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students.
0: Are your texts exploding like mine?
1: Yes. um, The vote came in and I'm looking um, at what it is. I think it's high. Yeah, so for strike authorization, it was 9,020 votes, which is 97.85% in favor, and 198 votes, which was 2.15% opposed. And it says the total ballots cast was 9,218, which is a new record for both participation and the percentage of support in a strike authorization vote. All right. Well, hopefully that'll be enough to keep us, um, you know, negotiating and there won't actually be a need for this.
0: That would be good. Yes.
1: Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah.
0: That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles.
1: In today's episode, we're gonna share our new development motto.
0: Yes, and then in Take a Hike, we've got a question for you. <laughs> we're feeling a little ambivalent about
1: something. Then we'll answer a mailroom question about the importance of enthusiasm. And this week's Hollywood hack is one of those little things that make a big difference. But first, Sarah, we have an update. Yeah, My sister Gretchen Rubin's book is out. Life in Five Senses is out in the world. So I'm now not going to say pre-order because it, you can't pre-order, but you can order it. And I think it makes a great Mother's Day gift.
0: Oh, it really does. Yes. I've been thinking about that. Now I know
1: the answer. Good. I
0: hope hope my stepmom's not listening. (laughs) Yes.
1: So get Life in Five Senses. It's great. And Gretchen is on a book tour. So look that up. She's going to events all over the country. She's going to be in LA on April 24th. So everybody, if you're in LA, come see Gretchen on the 24th. I will be there. And also, we've been talking about free work
0: and how frustrating it is. And we got a really interesting free work letter from Ross in New Zealand. Ross wrote, I was particularly comforted to know that it's not just my industry that takes advantage of free work. My background is chefing. When I was in culinary school, I was very fresh and got asked to do several volunteer positions. These positions ranged from prepping meals to serving at buffets. The list goes on. As you were still developing your skill set, I didn't mind for the first few times assisting at various events. It was a good experience, and our chef tutors always made sure we received a meal. This free work concept also started appearing in restaurants during the hiring process. Some restaurants were requesting you work as a trial for up to two days and some even as long as 20 hours. This was all unpaid and no promise of a job at the end. One particular experience that I wanted to share was a three-day volunteer job. This chef we were to work for had worked in Michelin star restaurants and their food was highly regarded, so we all had positive expectations of the upcoming experience. The next three days were absolute hell. Between us, we worked 27 hours across three days without pay, breaks, and even worse, we didn't even get to try the food. The chef was disrespectful, arrogant, and at times threatening. It was possibly one of the most trauma-inducing experiences of my life. We left the final night with a block of chocolate and no real recognition of the unpaid hours we had contributed. I discovered the next day that we were also the only staff in the event that weren't being paid. Oh my goodness.
1: Wow. I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know, that you can get the trial period from a chef, someone in the kitchen. But again, people take advantage of these things. And you can absolutely see how this would get out of control in the chef world.
0: Yes. And I should say, Ross went on to say that he always feeds his team. Now, no one leaves hungry. (laughs) And that he, if it's more than two hours, he pays people. So, you know, be the change. But it's just brutal.
1: Yes, it really is. And this conversation, Sarah, since we brought it up, I mean, it continues to be a major conversation just in our lives as TV writers. It's just, it's kind of growing bigger and bigger. It's interesting. Yes. People are sharing a lot of stories.
0: It's a lot of frustration.
1: (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so thank you, Ross. Really interesting. Okay, Sarah, let's dive into From the Treadmill Desk 7, which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. This week, it's our new team development motto. So we have our team theme for 2023, which is alt-ending Thelma and Louise, which is probably (laughs) my favorite theme we've ever had. But we also like to have development mottos because we just find it helps us to keep a motto in mind as we're thinking of ideas. You know, sometimes you hear something new, like a phrase that just
0: completely sums up a concept perfectly that clarifies it in a way that makes you go, aha, now I understand this notion perfectly. And we were in a meeting with an executive who used what will now be our new team development motto. And we both were like, okay, that's it.
1: (laughs) Yes. And the phrase is premium popcorn.
0: (laughs) So let's explain what, how, what is premium popcorn?
1: Well, so premium popcorn to us is something that is extremely entertaining, but also high end, Yes, right? It's the combination of the two. So an example to me is Daisy Jones and the Six, which I devoured, I must tell you, Sarah, in one day. On Amazon, and I had read the book, so I knew what was gonna happen. It's just so entertaining, but it's also beautiful, and the music is great, and the cast is great, and there's a deliciousness to it. I'm even gonna say, I'm Sarah, I'm gonna say premium buttered popcorn. Like, oh. I'm gonna take it to another level because right. that makes the popcorn even better when it's buttered. Okay,
0: all right. Premium popcorn is out, as our team <laughs> development motto premium buttered popcorn <laughs> is in.
1: <laughs> yes. Yellow Jackets was another show that we talked I about devoured that as similarly. Premium Popcorn. You I think is one of one of the I don't want to say first examples because obviously this has been around for a while but I think you, the show You really uh, tapped into the Premium Popcorn idea. Yes. And interestingly, you was on Lifetime and wasn't doing that well. And then Netflix picked it up. And Netflix is, of course, a premium streaming outlet. And then it exploded. So it's interesting that people who were looking for premium then found this premium popcorn with you. Yes. I mean, the great thing is this
0: works 100% a hundred percent perfectly for our plastic surgery show
1: that we're developing. Yes, and we can now we know how to describe it. Yes. I think before we were like, it's fun, it's wild, it's crazy. It's crazy. But now we're like, no, we don't need to say any of that. We can just say it's premium buttered popcorn. <laughs> and everyone will get it immediately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what we like about this phrase is it can apply to any different genre of show.
0: Yes, yes. It is absolutely not just a Daisy Jones and the Six type show that's musical. And there can be horror shows that are premium popcorn. There can be romantic shows, YA shows that are premium popcorn. Like, it really is not genre-specific.
1: Yes. Now, I will say, in my mind, I don't think of a weekly procedural as being popcorn, Oh, totally agree. So that's not, it's not those kinds of shows. Right. Yes. It's something that's like a little, a little bit different, maybe.
0: Yes. Well, I like the deliciousness, what you said yes. intelligent deliciousness.
1: Yes. I would love to hear from people what premium popcorn or premium buttered popcorn (laughs) or premium caramel popcorn shows any kind of kettle corn shows they like. Because I feel like you and I have our shared vision. We always see things the same way. And I I wonder if others do as well. Oh, yes.
0: So please email us. Our email is uh, happierinhollywood at gmail.com.
1: Yes. Coming up, we have a question for you all. But first, this break.
0: Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice it was so delicious it was the
1: perfect dinner Head to com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss mental, physical, and spiritual health. Today, it's maybe all three. It's like a crisis of all three, or or
1: not. Or not, exactly. That's the question. And this brings us to the question. So essentially, and we can backtrack and explain this, the upshot is we don't feel like doing anything. And we can't decide if this is healthy or unhealthy. (laughs) So that's really the question.
0: Yes. So what happened is this two-week period were blocked in our heads for two projects that are entering the next development phase, and it was going to require a bunch of work. So we were like, in our heads, this is what this time is for. We're totally geared up to do these two exact things. And then for reasons completely out of our control— those meetings that were going to launch us into the next things didn't happen. They both got pushed by like a week.
1: Right. So then we just shut down. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, well, off. Our brains are now off. Yeah. There are things we could be doing. Oh, yeah. Working on our book, which we've started, but I mean only in the briefest way for me (laughs) at least. We have another pitch that we're working on. But I was texting you guiltily. Oh, I'm going to get my nails done and you were you said, "Oh, I'm puzzling and listening to a book." So I was like, <laughs> "Okay." I thought it was just me. I really thought you were out there just typing away. <laughs> And I was so relieved, like, oh, it's not just me who's feeling this way.
0: No, not at all. And I think part of it is is that it's a, a strange feeling. It's partly malaise, partly relaxing. I think there's an element of shutting down as the potential of a looming strike approaches. It's it's very complex, this doing nothing.
1: Yes, it is. It's not like the feeling of sitting on a beach in Maui, unfortunately. No. But, well, should we talk about what we've been doing instead of yeah. working on our projects? Yes. So, you, as I just said, have been puzzling. Yeah. Both of us have been listening to books. A lot of books, which is great. Yes. I've also read, you know, actual pages. I have I've not done that. I've been doing so much listening <laughs> that I forget I can just read a book as well. <laughs> Binging shows, I mentioned I binge traders both the American and the Australian. I binged Daisy (laughs) Jones and the Six. I'm planning next binge, The Night Agent. Very excited about it from our friend Sean Ryan. Have you binged anything?
0: I haven't binged anything except all these books that I'm just, I'm just like devouring all these books. But I have been knitting while listening to books. I finished a really beautiful shawl and I'm working on a sweater for Violet. Did a little hiking, Violet and I went herping. Now, what is herping? Herping is basically going out into nature and looking for reptiles, amphibians, bugs, all of those things. Violet found a scorpion, so
1: that's oh, nice. Oh, did she uh, take it? Is it a pet now? It's a pet. Oh my gosh.
0: She spent like all of her money coming up with this gorgeous terrarium. It's like the happiest scorpion in California.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> crazy. Anyway, that's herping.
1: Yeah, I've been hiking Fryman like all the time. I've been walking the dogs a ton. You've been hanging out with your chickens.
0: I have. They're doing great. We're getting like five eggs a day now.
1: That's so great. Are you using them? Or are you making a lot of omelets? And- well, they
0: pile up really fast. It's like every now and then it's like, okay, we have to make a quiche.
1: Yeah. Break out the quiche. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So we've been, these are all things, by the way, that we love. I'm just, I'm just looking at this and realizing we are doing things that bring us a lot of happiness. You know, on the positive side, Sarah, I mean, maybe it is a time for us to just get inspired and take in.
0: Yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like a, like a feeding time, just embracing it
1: all and bringing it all in. Feeding time. I love that. It's our feeding time. Yeah. There's something kind of horror about that, but I love it. I know, that. I feel like a cow going up, up to a trough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is what it feels like. Yeah. So anyway, is this a good thing? Does if if people think it's we shouldn't be doing this, tell us how to get out of this. I I think what it is, it's the strike. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's if there weren't this looming potential strike we wouldn't, there's a feeling of uselessness to doing anything now. Now, which is silly because whatever we need to do, we're going to need to do it eventually. Yes, absolutely. But I think it's just that feeling of every nerve is just at attention, waiting to hear about the strike, and we just can't take anything else seriously. Maybe that's it.
0: Maybe that's it. And that all of these things that we're doing... That are things we love are things that are they're like therapy. They're like therapy. Soothing. They're
1: self-soothing. Yes. So it's interesting. Well, that's where we are right now. (laughs) Let us know what you think of our feeding time. There's a season of sacrifice. This is not that. No. This is our season of at the trough. (laughs) At the trough of other activities.
0: God, it just sounds awful. (laughs) Okay, Liz, it's time for our mailroom segment. And today we have another great question from Ruth. Ruth wrote in, "'To what degree do you think enthusiasm matters "'when pitching ideas for shows or stories?' I know someone who had the opportunity to pitch a few ideas to film executives at major studios who was told at the end of the pitch that she didn't seem very enthusiastic about any of her ideas and they didn't end up buying anything from her. Can one be too enthusiastic and seem so desperate to sell that it becomes a turnoff? Or is there so much risk and money involved on the part of those producing that enthusiasm is a basic ingredient in getting anything sold at all? I assume that authenticity in one's enthusiasm is probably Best, maybe pitch only ideas you really care about?
1: Well, always best to pitch ideas you really care about. Yeah. But yes, the short answer to this is a hundred percent enthusiasm matters. I mean, it's the volunteers, not recruits, right? Whether you're selling, just going in and pitching, or if someone's pitching you an idea and wanting to know if you're interested in pursuing it, nobody wants. To hire someone to do something they're not incredibly enthusiastic about.
0: Yeah. No, you can't just be like, oh, I want to do this drama about some people with bicycles and there's a crash.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know? I mean, because look, it's hard to get anything made. So whoever you're selling to, they know all the obstacles, in front yeah. of this project, right? And so you need to have a pretty extreme enthusiasm to keep hurtling these obstacles, right? So if you don't have that from the get-go, there's just no way it's going to get to the finish line.
0: No. And I think part of it is also your friend may not have known when she met them or when the meeting was set that she was going to have an opportunity to pitch her ideas mm. because sometimes that does happen and you're like, "I'm on the spot." So, one thing is to be prepared. Just have your own little sh- very short spiel about your project that does have enthusiasm and is really clear and concise. Yeah. And then prep it. And the other very good point that Ruth makes is, yes, it is absolutely possible to seem desperate, and that is not good.
1: <laughs> and it is really hard. It's a hard line, you yeah. know, to know where where you're falling. But look, when in doubt, better to be too enthusiastic than not enthusiastic enough. Sarah, I mean, just an example of how being enthusiastic can pay off, one of the projects you and I are working on now is a piece of IP that we really were interested in and we sought out the people who had the IP and said, hey, we love this. We would love to do this. And because we sought them out and they knew us, they're like, great, go for it. Because they wanted somebody who really wanted to do it. Right. Makes sense, right? Yes. And we
0: are enthusiastic about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, genuinely because yeah. we were yeah. genuinely enthusiastic. It was something we wanted to do, and they yeah. could tell that, and so therefore it made us a good fit for it. Yeah, absolutely. So it goes to this thing though that. Where this really gets toxic, though, is the need to put yourself... At when they're like, well, why you for this, you know? Yes. Why are you the only person who could do this? And that does get tough, and that's where you end up with, like, the Elizabeth Finches of the world. But, <laughs> but anyway, be enthusiastic, yes. And think about what you're going to say about each project. Like, if you're doing a short spiel, like you're saying... It maybe she didn't she was trying to figure out what to say and therefore yeah. it didn't come off the way she, it might have otherwise. Yeah. So. Good question.
0: Coming up we have a Hollywood hack, something that I sought for for many years and finally have found. But first this break. <laughs>
1: Okay, Sarah, it's time for this week's Hollywood Hack. Very excited about this. I need to order this today. It is the Slick Stick. Explain what it is and your decades-long search.
0: (laughs) Okay, the Slick Stick is, it looks like mascara. It's like a tube, and you unroll the top, and comes out and it has a little curved thing. It's literally like, okay, I'm putting on mascara. But what it's for is for your ponytail to get all those little flyaway hairs that go everywhere around your face. It just like really finishes the ponytail and makes it look tidy and shiny and just lovely.
1: Yeah. And we have worked with people who have gorgeous ponytails And you would always be saying, how did she get her ponytail to look like that? Why does her ponytail look like that? And my ponytail looks like this. And that, anytime I think of this person, I think of her ponytail. No, we, years ago
0: when we were doing, what was it, Lie to Me? Yeah. We were working with Catherine Pope, who's now the head of Sony. And I mean, I was obsessed with her ponytail. I was just like, how does she make that happen? Yeah.
1: And we've seen others who also have gorgeous ponytails. Oh, yes. And you have found an answer. And I must say, your ponytail, I can see you, is looking fantastic.
0: Thank you. Although I must say, I really only kind of use it for meetings because I'm like, I don't want to waste this bit of brilliance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited. This is going to change my game. We are big ponytail people. Oh, yes. In this team. And it's like believers in the ponytail. (laughs)
0: We are. And and this is a very easy and not expensive way to just give yourself that little edge of sleekness.
1: Of slickness. It's a slick stick. So it's sort of like hair gel in a mascara tube, essentially.
0: Yeah, so it doesn't go on too heavy, basically, I assume. Yes,
1: no, it makes so much sense. Yeah. So much sense. Big fan. It's always great when you have that perfect tool, changes lives one slick stick at a time.
0: (laughs) Okay. Every week, one of us is going to recommend a book, podcast, TV show, movie. And this week, I would like to recommend the book, I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay. It's one of the many books I have been listening to (laughs) during this feeding time. (laughs) Um, And I just loved it. It was you say page-turner, but you're listening to it, so I don't know what exactly yes. that is. But it was gripping. I could not put it down. I just wanted to listen and listen and listen. I'd be like, I have to take a phone call and go listen. Like yeah, <laughs> It sure. was just really good. And what sets it apart for me is it's very thought-provoking mm. about both violence against women and about the flaws in our justice system. So I was entertained and thinking about bigger issues. So I have some questions for you by Rebecca Mackay, and that's spelled M-A-K-K-A-I.
1: And Sarah, I started it uh, last night based on your recommendation. So we can discuss it. I'm sure I'll fly through it. You will. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive
0: producer, Chuck Reed. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13.
1: And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram, at
0: S. fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation.
1: Until next week, I'm Liz
0: Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy
1: it. So, Sarah, herping is an actual word, not just something you guys made up. Yes. I think the root,
0: you know, is herpetology. But we actually looked it up. You can look up herping on—because I did. I was like, what is this? You want to go wedding? (laughs) You know? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Herping is real. It's a real word.
1: From the Onward Project.